going to camp. Amen. We're excited about 20 altogether going to camp. It's going to be awesome. Uh, me and uh, Desi were going through Colorado Springs, and I said, "You're going to." We, we came back a back way from Cortez and literally drove right through the city where the camp is, and I said, you're going to be back here in two weeks, <laughs> driving again. And uh, it's going to be an exciting time for our kids, amen. I want you just to be praying uh, from now forward that, that God is just going to touch them and transform them, and they're going to come back with such awesome testimonies, amen. Uh, so it's going to be the week of 4th of July. I think, I think that, uh, what day is the 4th of July? The 4th? <laughs> yeah, I figured that. <laughs> Tuesday. So it's that Monday through Friday. Yes, the fourth is the fourth. Amen. Praise God. We're educated up in here. Amen. Um, so this Sunday, all we have left to raise is gas money. It's all we have left. Everything else is taken care of. So we're going to have another famous taco lunch. Amen. How many love our famous taco lunches? I want to thank Claudia and Sessie and everybody who has been helping so so much with all these fundraisers. And uh, it's going to be John, especially, and Robert who cook. And everybody who does something to help. It's going to be an awesome lunch again. So this is a good opportunity to, to invite somebody to lunch. They don't have to know you're getting them to church. Just invite them to lunch. Amen. Tell them it starts early at 10. The food is so good that you got to get there at 10. Amen. That's not a lie. You have to be here at 10. Amen. But invite somebody, and um, we're going to do what we always do. We're just going to uh, give what the Lord puts on our hearts, especially if we can pay what we would pay at a restaurant and put that towards. I know we'll easily raise the money we need for the gas, and, and, and whatever we don't, uh, whatever we go beyond that is going to go towards Children's Church and outreach for different things that we need. So um, don't forget that. Please see Claudia. There she is walking in right on cue. Youth, especially if you're here tonight and you're going to camp. See her after so you can find out what you need to do to help. Because we need everybody to help on, on Sunday with that. Amen? Um, we had a lot of birthdays this week. I saw Robert's birthday. Uh, who? Sheila, that's right. Gabriel. Lots this month, even this week. And then um, what very special person to me, my dad, his birthday is today. Amen? He's 67. I don't think he mind me saying that, right? Guys don't care. And so I want to give a quick testimony about my, about my dad, but something else uh, beyond that. See, he wasn't feeling good Sunday, if anybody happened to notice, I did. And he um, was having just complications with medications. You know, you start taking lots of medications and it starts messing with you. So he had gotten off one, and with him, uh, with all the medications he takes, takes like blood thinners and stuff like that, that if he, if he gets off, it really affects him, makes him anemic. And if he doesn't eat enough, then he goes downhill fast and has to go into the hospital, get hydrated and all that stuff, which is actually the way we met one of the ladies that comes to our church, Courtney, who's a nurse, one of the times he was in there. Um, so, so Sunday, he wasn't feeling good. Monday, he called me, so I'm going to go to the ER. So he went in, and that was in the afternoon. And so I would, you know, I send out that text to the intercessors. We have about 30 people that I send a text out to to ask people to pray and, and just lift up needs, just like you got, if you're on that team, you got uh, updates on um, Ashley and Dylan's baby, amen, which was born uh, yesterday, if you didn't know that, uh, so that. We have a new VWO member, beautiful baby, amen, perfectly healthy, praise God. So as I was sending that stuff out, um, one of the ladies, which was Priscilla, Nestor's wife, texted me back 
when I said something, I don't even remember what I said. Uh, well, well, when she found out it was my dad. And she goes, oh, that makes sense now. She said that that was about 3 or 4 in the afternoon. Let me tell you how amazing the Holy Spirit is. That was 3 or 4 in the afternoon. I think today is Benji's birthday. He's 4 today, only 4. And she said, oh, that makes sense in a text. Now I understand. We thought you were sick. She said, because this morning at 1030 at breakfast, Benji was praying for the food, and he stopped and said, we need to pray for pastor right now so he doesn't throw up. And that's exactly what my dad was doing. He was nauseous, and he was feeling bad. And so they thought it was me, and they prayed. But isn't that amazing that God would speak to a four-year-old boy praying for the food and say we need to pray for a pastor? Didn't know, didn't matter. He didn't know which pastor didn't matter. But she's, oh, it makes sense now. And that just, that just, I just like, man, I got to share that. Because when I hear stuff like that, how can you deny that God is real when you hear a little four-year-old boy say something like that? How many know that's impossible to even make up? And what four-year-old boy is thinking about anything but food? Amen. He's praying for the food. He's praying for the food. But I just wanted to share that with you because I thought it was really, really, really neat and amazing. I want to talk tonight about keeping your heart pure. And I'm going to do a little series for three or four weeks on Wednesday nights. Uh, One of the most important messages we can preach and talk about is is guarding and keeping our hearts pure. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 8, Blessed are they who are pure in heart, for they what? How many know what what it says? They shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I want you to go to the book of um, Jeremiah, if you would, chapter 17. Give me an amen when you get there. And so I'm going to go over this for the next two or three, maybe four weeks. Just there's tons and tons of verses about the heart in the Bible. And um, I want to give you some understanding uh, about how important it is that we know what our heart is. Uh, When I'm talking about the heart there, I'm not talking about the blood pumping heart. I'm talking about the heart that is our inner man. The heart that is our thoughts, that is our actions. Everything that we do starts there. Amen? And uh, we could understand that all the way back in Genesis 6, God mentions the heart of man. Uh, Job mentions it even before uh, Genesis was written. But in that time frame of of, of ages going by, the heart has always been an, an issue. And matter of fact, the Bible says, out of the heart spring the issues of life okay so everything that we are everything that we think everything that we do starts in our spiritual heart okay and I want to I want to read something to you many of you will know this verse but I kind of like Robert was saying at the offering many won't there will be people who don't read Acts 1 that read 2 Acts 2 whatever or you've never heard this verse but this is a pretty amazing uh, set of scriptures here when God begins to talk about the heart, and I want to read quite a few here in Jeremiah 17. Give me an amen if you're there. And again, if you're, if you're taking notes, this is keeping your heart pure. But along the lines of that, we need to understand that you can't keep your heart pure if it's not pure yet. There are people who, who don't have a pure heart yet. We, we are not, and this is what I want to say, people, human beings, are not born with a pure heart. Okay? We're not. And, and that sounds crazy because you think of a little, you know, that little baby that was born yesterday. How could her cute, precious little heart be impure? Well, let's see what the Bible says about our hearts, okay? And let's start in verse 5. 
and I want to read several verses leading up to this. Uh, it says, thus says the Lord, Jeremiah 17, 5, cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength. And look at this, whose heart departs from the Lord. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land which is not inhabited. And watch verse 7. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. Father, for just a few minutes tonight, anoint my words on this Wednesday night, God, for these people that came tonight to get a word. Speak to their hearts. Penetrate our hearts. Minister to us tonight through your word and give us understanding that will grow us and cause us to be the men and women that you've called us to be tonight. And we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. So I'm going to continue to read here, but I wanted to stop there because it again says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. So basically what Jesus is saying in Matthew 5, 8 is he says, blessed are those whose hearts are pure, or in other words, blessed are those who what? Trust in the Lord. Okay, the way that we have a pure heart is to keep our trust 100% on God. And how many know that we have to guard our hearts. We have to, you know, that inside of our body, God knew what he was doing when he put ribs all around our heart. All those very important organs, it's interesting that if it's your thigh or, or if it's your, even, even your stomach or many different places, there's not as much protection. But the most protection in our body is all those sets of ribs around the middle of our body that protects that heart. And so we need to spiritually... As believers, make sure that we guard our heart and keep our heart protected. And so he's saying, basically, from Jeremiah to Matthew, blessed are those who are pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are those, if we look at this verse, blessed are those who trust in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. So if you keep trust and hope in God, you're going to keep your heart pure. When you begin to doubt, when you begin to wonder, when you begin to fear when you began to trust in yourself, what are you doing? You're sharing your heart with something else. And how many know that we serve a God who's a jealous God? He doesn't like to share his glory with anybody. He doesn't want to give us, uh, he doesn't want, sorry, for us to give him 97% of our heart. Most of us here if, in, in life, if we can get 90% of anything, we're good. Right? Wouldn't you be happy with just 90% of anything? I mean, if we could get 90% of, of, of most things, we're like, hey, that's an A. God's not like that. God is not satisfied with anything less than 100%. Because he doesn't share his glory. And so what we have to do is we have to make sure we're walking in a way that we're guarding our heart and not allowing even the slightest thing to come in and take the place. So let's continue to read. Verse 8. Let's go back to 7. Read it one more time. Y'all there, right? It's Jeremiah 17, 7. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters. If you know the word, that sounds very familiar to a psalm. That's very, very famous and powerful. Which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought nor will cease from yielding fruit. Now, I'm going to keep reading because I could preach a message right there. Now, watch this. Verse 9, key verse. The heart 
is deceitful above all things. Isn't that amazing? The heart is deceitful above all things. And look at this, desperately wicked. That's some pretty strong words from Jeremiah. He is saying that this this heart of ours is not good. It's not pure. So when I say that we have to keep a pure heart, we have to understand that maybe some of us don't have a pure heart yet, or, or maybe it's 50-50. Definitely people who are coming in to know the Lord don't know what a pure heart is because their heart is deceitfully wicked. And so maybe that would begin to help you understand a little bit why sometimes you think what you think, do what you do, say what you say, go where you go. I'm just putting general things out. How many of you will be honest and say, many times in your life, you do something, think something, go someplace and think, what in the world was I doing? Right? What, What was I thinking? Why am I thinking that? And you know what? You might have those things and most likely will have those things even now as a believer. You will all of a sudden at one point be tempted to do something, tempted to think something, tempted to say something, tempted to go somewhere, and you're thinking, where in the world did that come from? I have been reading the Word. I have been trying to keep myself. Where did that thing from come from? Well, it comes from a deceitful heart that's wicked. And, and, and so we have a battle every day of our lives Every day of our lives, that's the thing we don't understand. We can't, we can't just do it one day a week. We, we can't just do these things every once in a while. We've got to consistently, day by day, be guarding and purifying and keeping our heart with a diligence because he says our heart is deceitful above all things. Now watch this, read on, and desperately wicked. And look at the question, who can know it? Who can know it? You know what he's saying there? No man can. I can't truly know your heart. You can't truly know my heart just by looking at me. I can't truly know your heart just by looking at you. How many understand that? Can't. You cannot know someone's heart just by looking and vice versa. And he says, who can know it? And he gives us the answer in the next verse. I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways. Now, how do we know someone's heart? Once we begin to know them, here's the answer. According to the what? Somebody say it out loud. Fruit of his doings. So what we have to, and I'm going to get to this later, but I'm kind of throwing it out now as groundwork. We have to understand that I cannot see your heart uh, spiritually. I cannot see what it looks like on the inside. But the Bible tells us that if my heart is pure, then fruit that is good is going to come out of it. There's going to be good fruit in my life. doesn't say perfect. doesn't say 100%. Because we all know we all fail. We all make mistakes. But how you begin to look at somebody's life, you begin to look at their life, you begin to watch their, their walk with the Lord, and you see fruit. 
If you see fruit that is good, the Bible says, then you know that the heart is good. If you see fruit that is bad, then there's something, an issue of the heart there. And so that's something that all of us have to work on and, and, and powerfully deal with because if we don't, we're not going to have a pure heart. How many are with me so far? So those are some good verses right there, amen? So it says, I, the Lord, search the heart, test the mind, and, and give to every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. Now, write this down as you go to the, the uh, book of Psalms. Just go to the book of Psalms, and uh, as you're getting there, or when you get there, I'm going to give you something to write down to look at later. Powerful, powerful verse about what I just talked about. How many have been saved long enough or began to learn now that in your walk with God that your walk is personal and, and we have to look in the mirror? Always looking in the mirror and saying, Lord, what am I? How, how is my heart? How is my walk? How are my motives? And as you're getting to Psalms, here's a verse to write down and look at it later. I don't want you to look for time, but listen. Proverbs 27, 19 says, as in water... Face reflects face. Okay, so think about this. When you, if you've ever, if you've ever been to water, and, and of course the, the mirror is just as good an example, but if you look down in clear water, uh, or water with, the, with the, um, the sun hitting it, you're gonna see a reflection and you're gonna see your face. As you look at that, there's no fooling it. What you see is what, what you are, right? You're looking at that same thing in the mirror. We can think a lot of things, but when we look in the mirror, we see ourselves. And the power of the Bible is that the word of God shows us our heart. And, and so we have to understand, I've got work to do. Now, when I say work, I don't mean work to be saved, because we'll never be good enough to be saved. When I say work, I mean work to work on this spiritual heart, because the Bible told me in Jeremiah right there, my heart is wicked. Okay, how many, can I move on? Do you understand that our heart is wicked? It's not something that's good, and so you can't wake up in the morning and think and, and just kind of automatically, I'm going to be good today. No, you're not. You're not just going to be good today. Being good, being righteous, being holy, being, being uh, in, in good standing with the Lord, walking in is a decision every day. Because the Bible tells me right now, here in this book of Jeremiah 17, that my heart is wicked and deceitful, and I need God's help. And without God's help, without his spirit in my life, I am going to do wicked, deceitful things, and I need to make sure that God is allowing me to look in the mirror and see the things that he wants to show me so that I can be good in his sight. Amen. And so here's what Proverbs 27 to 19 says. As in water, face reflects face, so a man's heart reveals the man. Have you ever heard somebody say, that person has a good heart? That's, that's, that, that's, that's what we all want to, should want to hear. Now, ultimately, God is the one that really matters. But we need when, when someone says, that man has a good heart, that woman has a good heart, they are seeing something called fruit. Because we cannot see inside, when someone says that, that we're, we're looking at that person and we're saying, I see something coming out of that person that is revealing the work that is going on on the inside. Now many times we can look at somebody and we should look at people with faith. And, and I, I've been around people where I've told people, you've got a good heart. 
There's been people that I've met before and not, not known them very long, and I could just sp- sense in my spirit that they have a good heart, meaning that even though they might not have it all together, they might be making mistakes, they might even be living in sin at that moment, they're not even saved. You can know that there's, there's a goodness there that is open to the gospel. I mean, know what I'm saying? There's something there that, that, that man, there's, they're, they're, they, they're acting outwardly the best they can without Jesus. Now, we know that won't get them to heaven, but there's a lot of good people on this earth who've got, to be honest, have better hearts than a lot of Christians that are saved. How many would agree with that? It's true. A lot of people do a lot of really good things, and they're good people, and, and I, I've mentioned examples of that in the past, that if they could get to heaven by being good, meaning they had a deceitful heart, just like Jeremiah said, but they have, they have worked on that on their own, and they have, have learned how to be nice to people, how to treat people good, how to be generous, how to be kind, how to be compassionate, and, and they somehow get all these fruits of the Spirit without actually having God inside of them, and they're actually good people, but they're not going to go to heaven because that's not what gets us to heaven. But that doesn't let us off the hook because if we're believers, then we should want and should desire and should have that kind of fruit in our lives. So as in water face reflects face, so a man's heart reveals the man. Luke 6, 45 says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And in that same verse, it mentions that out of a good heart comes good fruit, out of a bad heart comes bad fruit. Let's look at Psalms 119, and I'm probably just going to kind of uh, end up in here tonight in Psalms, because there's a lot here to look at as well. This is the longest chapter in the Bible, so we're just going to read the whole thing real quick. <laughs> it is a long, it would, have take, it would take us a long time, 176 verses, I believe. Psalm 119, amen. Let me know you're there. Great, awesome, powerful verses here. I had some other ones in my, in my notes earlier, but I want to read some uh, other ones that I was reading today that, are, that are just add to it. Let's start in verse 1. Psalm 119. Blessed are the undefiled in the way, who walk in the law of the Lord, And blessed are those who what? Keep his testimonies. Who seek him with what? The whole heart. Okay, let's just look at that, that, those two verses there. Let's just let that marinate in our spirits for a second. This This is what we should desire. You can almost individually right now in your own spirit, this is what the word does, when you hear that, Something is there. When you read that, something's there. Maybe three things. One is, uh, another one is, that sounds good. And another one is, that's my desire. Those are kind of three reactions you could get as you read. Not just, any, not just that verse, any verse, but when we talk about the heart, eh, what, what am I going to eat later? You know, we can just... It's just just reading. I mean, we're here, we're reading, it's great. But another one is, wow, that sounds pretty good. And then another one is, that's what I want. 
I want to keep God's commandments. I want my heart to be wholeheartedly seeking God. There's just something when we read those things that it just, it just gives you a peace because your heart is, is in place where it needs to be and it desires that. How many know what I'm talking about? You, you read that and it's not condemning. You read it and, it's, and, it's, and it's, it, it blesses you because you're saying, I might not have it all together. I might not get that perfect, but my heart, it, I feel like my heart wants that. And that's a good sign. My heart wants to be undefiled. My heart wants to be in the way. My heart, and not only mean in the way of blocking somebody, I mean in the way, right? In the way of the truth and life. And, and, and my heart wants to seek him wholeheartedly. Right? That's, that's why I, I started off with this thing, God wants 100% of us. He doesn't want to share us. And, 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 and again, that's, that's a whole other direction we could go with that. But he wants everything we have. Let's, let's keep reading. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. You have commanded us to keep your precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep your statutes. Then I would not be ashamed. When I look into all your, watch this, commandments. When I look into all your commandments, I will praise you with uprightness of what? Of heart. This is something that God is dealing with us on. He's working with us on as we work our salvation out walking with the Lord. He says, then I would not be ashamed when I look into all your commandments. How many have ever read the Ten Commandments and got a little bit overwhelmed? Or read anything that, that says, man, I, I can't live up to this. But, the, but when your heart's right, all of a sudden you realize, I can't do this without God. And, but if I love God and, and, and I'm seeking God and my whole heart is God's, then he's going to help me fulfill these things. He's going to give me the strength to be pure. He's going to give me the way out when I'm tempted. He's going to give me the opportunity to do the right thing and, and keep his commandments and not be ashamed. Amen. These are, these are things that, that, that again, these, the, when we read the word, it is piercing. Hebrews 4.12 says it's sharper than a two-edged sword. Pierces and divides. Bone and marrow, soul and spirit. And, and it weighs out the intentions of the heart. And here we are seeing, in, again in Jeremiah, that my intentions are wicked. Okay, and that goes back to, that should help us not feel so condemned when we make a mistake or we think something. You grab that thought real quick and you say, I, I don't know where that came from. Now you know where it came from. Come from a deceitful heart. Okay? But I'm going to stop that right now and I'm not going to let that work and I'm going to kill that right now. I'm going I'm to take that thought captive. I'm not going to let it come to fruition. I'm going to destroy it right now. And that's what Corinthians says. Okay? So he's, read on. I will praise you, verse 7, with uprightness of heart when I learn your righteous judgments I will keep your statutes oh please do not forsake me or, or do not forsake me utterly now this is what I really want you to see verse 9 10 and 11 how can a young man cleanse his way how can we do it that, that that's the thing we could start asking ourselves how can I how can I be pure in heart he answers us right there by doing what by taking heed according to your word. So, so we're not just reading this tonight because it sounds good and looks good. 
We're doing it because as we read this, it is cleansing our heart. And, and as, you're, as you're beautifully holding that Bible in your hand tonight and you're turning the pages and you're reading, you are looking into a mirror. That's what this word is. This word is a mirror. And as you read it with the right heart, it is showing you what you look like. Now, sometimes it, it looks ugly, right? Sometimes it looks ugly. Some days it looks ugly. But it, it, it's it, this thing, you know, mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fair, you know, all that stuff. It, this don't lie. This will always tell the truth. And we need to look at it with the heart that says, God, this might hurt. My, my intentions might not be right, but I need you to, I need to take this and I need you, I want, I want to see the real me. As we read it, it reveals it to us. Okay? So he says, by taking heed according to your word and watch with my whole heart, I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart. What a great verse to learn. Your word I have hidden in my heart that what? That I may not sin against you. That's why we need to read the Bible. That's why we need to daily be feeding ourselves the word of God. Because when we do that, we get to a place where I'm not going to want to sin against what that Bible says. I'm not going to want to do. And how can I not sin against what I don't know? There's a whole lot of people that, that, that don't know the sin they're living in because they don't know what the Bible says about it. Now, that's not going to leave them off the hook. But the, oh, I don't know. And, and so a lot of times we see that in the, in the church. We'll see people who are living, so to speak, in sin, in, in habit, habitual sin, whatever it is. Um, we've seen that over the years many, many times. Just for an example of people that were living together as couples. And didn't, didn't, either didn't know or didn't even think twice about it. We have a couple in our church that was raised, the guy was raised in a home where they never got married. Parents, the parents never got married. So getting married was never a thought. Didn't even enter his mind. It wasn't even, why would I do that? It's just a piece of paper. That's, that's, and so that's just an example, and, and lots of different people have lots of different thoughts on lots of different sins and lots of different things about, and, and they don't even think twice about it. I always talk about how we're a product of how we're raised. I was talking to this guy, and he was just like, yeah, I never even thought about it because my parents still to this day aren't married. They never got married. But then I started listening to the messages, and you started preaching, and it wasn't even had to have to be a specific message on that. But the word begins to speak to your heart, and all of a sudden you realize, I'm living in sin. And someone who's never thought of marriage just saw it as a piece of paper, realizes it's not just a piece of paper, it's obeying the commands of the Lord, and obeying the commands of the Lord brings blessings. And I'm telling you, over the, over the years, eight years, even nine years in this church, we have seen, I don't know how many, lots and lots and lots of people get married. Just an example. And so we, we begin to read, and as we seek the Lord and His commandments, it says, your word I've hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. So I need to read this thing so that I know what I should and I shouldn't do. Amen? And like Robert said at the offering, you got to read it on your own too. You can't come in here and read it on Sunday nights or Wednesday nights and Sundays. You got to read it every day. It's not enough. 
I want to see how y'all look if, one of, if any of you guys ate one time this week or drank water one time this week or slept once this week, right? We would not be in good shape. And so we need to read the Bible as much as we eat, as much as we sleep, as much as, as we read the Word, or as we do anything else, we need to do that. Amen? I'm going to actually preach a message Sunday morning, if the Lord doesn't change it by then, uh, that I preached at the conference, at the rally. And, and it, it gives an idea of what the church would look like if the church was reflected on my personal life. It's a good thought. And so we need to be studying to show ourselves approved so that I will not sin against this word. Amen? Let me give you just a couple things to write down as I close. I'm going to give you four things. I'm not going to go into them uh, long. Just four to write down. Number one, ways to keep your heart pure. Stay in the word. I kind of just said that for the last few minutes. Stay in the word. A lot of people do good starting off. A lot of people do good for a while. It's like anything else. It's like diets. It's like uh, working out. It's like uh, anything, any kind of habits you can form. A lot of people do it good for a while. We need to stay in the word. The way you keep your heart pure is to stay in the word, to get into a habit of, and you know what? I help you every day. I give you a kickstart by sending you a verse around 7 o'clock every morning. So it's a reminder. If you weren't going to go through that day and think about it, I'm trying to help you, and I help myself. Here's, here's a verse. But we need to stay in the word, okay? And we just read that in Psalms 119 right here. This is perfect examples. Number two, we need to stay clean. We need to stay clean, okay? Very, very simple verse. You know, again, if, 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 if we only took a shower once this week, it wouldn't smell too good in here right now. Amen, right? It would not smell too good. If we only brushed our teeth once this week, it would not smell too good in here. If we only put deodorant on once this week, it would not smell good in here. Amen. How many are following me? We cannot do those things once a week. We need to read the word every day, and we need to stay clean spiritually, which means you need to confess your sins every day. 1 John 1.7, the blood of Jesus. If you confess your sin, uh, he is faithful and just to cleanse us from our sin, or forgive us for our sins, and cleanse us, mean clean us from all unrighteousness. So we need to make sure that we're, we're confessing our sin every day and staying clean. And the best way is not waiting until the end of the night and think, trying to think back. Do it right when it happens. Amen? As soon as you are convicted of sin, you say something, think something, do something, Lord, I'm sorry for that. I let that slip. Deal with it right there. Stay clean. Amen? Number three, keep your faith alive. Now, all these tie together totally, 100%. They tie together. Keep your faith alive. Uh, Acts 15.9 says, that having purified their hearts by faith. So when you, when you do fa uh, act in faith and you express faith to God, do you realize you're keeping your heart pure automatically? It's, it, it, it's, it's, it causes something. So why do you think that God allows us to have our faith tested? So we can be purified. When, I'm, when my faith is tested and I act out in faith, my faith is purified. Number four, pray. Pray in purity. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, that's, those are kind of general uh, ba basic things. Yeah, a lot of times we don't do the basics good. We, we fail on the basics. Amen? 
How many know that if you eat good and brush your teeth and, and, and take a shower and, and do the daily things you're supposed to do, you, you have a pretty good chance of smelling good and staying healthy, right? Just the basic common things. Same with the word. It's same with the walk with God. We, we, sometimes we, we, we think above and beyond the simple things that we need to do every day, and we get the cart before the horse. If you'll do these things, you'll stay pure. The, reading the word and confessing for your sins and, 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 and expressing faith and praying, that, it makes it kind of difficult for the devil to get a place to work in if you're doing that every day. How many are following what I'm saying? These are things that you're doing that are causing your walk to be strong. And so um, I, I'm not going to go into this, but this was an interesting thought. In Job, if you want to read it later, 14.4 and 15.14, 14.4 and 15.14, those two verses in Job, Job actually asked the question. He says, what is a man that he could be pure? He asked that question to God, because remember that whole book is a discourse between him and God and his friends, and they're going back and forth, and he asked that question, and, and God answers that question in Titus. I don't have time to go into it tonight. Uh, chapter 2, you can read it later, but he talks about us denying ungodliness. Okay, And so we deny ungodliness by prayer. When you get up in the morning and you pray and you read the word and you confess your sins, and at night, both times, and during the day, you are actively walking in faith, you're staying in prayer, that's why First Thessalonians says, pray without ceasing, and you're, you're expressing faith, you're doing all these things, it's like walking, and talking, and chewing gum, and breathing, and living, all at the same time, you're doing all this stuff at the same time, right, it's, it's, it's the same thing, we gotta, you gotta do it all, but all of it comes from the heart that says, God, I want to serve you and live for you and be pure. And at the same time that you're wanting that and doing that, he's purifying your heart. Back and forth. And remember, if something's failing, it's never God. If something's wrong, it's never God. It's always us that's got the problem. And of course, as the musicians begin to come, the last one is, how do I know my heart's pure? I said that at the very beginning. By what? Fruit. I should see fruit. I should see fruit in my life. I should know that, 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 that the way uh, my life is being lived and the, I should be seeing fruit come out of it. That's how I know if my heart is pure. Amen. So we're going we're gonna, to, I, I got hundreds of verses we're going to get into over the next two or three weeks. But this is, a good, this is a good summer series. Amen. Because it's easy in the summer to let our hearts wander. You know, today's the longest day of the year. That's probably why it's kind of like, in here, because it's a long day, like literally. My dad, always, my dad was born on the longest day. He's told me that my whole life. I was born on the longest day. My mom told me, she said, he said, my mom will tell him, you were born, you were, man, you were tough. You were born on a long day. So he was born on the longest day. This is the absolute longest day of the year. We're right in the middle of it. And I think from here forward for the next two or three months, our, it's so hot, we just want to melt. Ugh. Don't want to go outside, don't want to move, don't want to breathe. Don't, we, can't, we can't let our spirits get that way. How many know in our spirits, it can be refreshing? Might be hot outside, might be miserable as far as the, as the weather, it might be lazy outside, might be that kind of schools out and all these different things, but in the spirit, we got to stay alert. We got to stay strong. We got to stay in love with God. Amen? Amen. Lord, we thank you for your awesome word tonight. And Lord, I, my desire is to have a pure heart. My desire is to not allow anything around my life 
to sicken my heart, to allow my heart to go back to its deceitful ways. Understanding tonight, Lord, that it is a daily battle, a daily walk, a daily decision because your word says that the heart of man is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? But you answer us, Lord. You know it. You know our heart. And Lord, we want to do these things tonight of praying, reading the word, and confessing our sins, and and exercising faith so that our hearts would be pure. Devil, you're defeated. You try every day to lie to us. You try every day to deceive us. You try every day to, to cause us to think things that are not God. But we recognize tonight through the word of God that the heart is the issue. And out of it spring all the issues of our lives. And Lord, we are going to make a decision tonight to... Maybe it's the first time, maybe it's the second, maybe it's rededication of our mind saying, Lord, my heart is going to remain pure. I want 100% of my heart to be in your hands. I don't want to fail in any, any part of my life. And Lord, I know that I'm going to make mistakes. I know I'm going to fall short of your glory. But God, you're going to make up the difference by looking at the intentions and the purity of my heart. As we stand tonight all over this place, we're going to take a few minutes on a Wednesday night to talk to the Lord and, and, and pray and worship Him and say, Lord, I want you just to continue to search my heart and look into me. And, and maybe tonight as you're here, you're thinking, man, I'm not seeing the fruit in my life like I want to see. Let God show you and teach you the areas maybe that your heart is leaning towards deceitfulness or leaning towards uh, wickedness or leaning towards jealousy or leaning towards anger. Those are things we have to deal with on a daily basis. If you're here tonight and you've never given Jesus lordship of your life, how many in this place tonight could say, you know, I'm listening to this message and I know that the Holy Spirit's speaking to me right now. And, and I'm realizing tonight that my heart is wicked and, and without God, I'm lost. And, and, and the interesting thing is, is the Bible says in, in Romans that the way that we're saved is by confessing with our mouth and believing in our heart. He says with the, with the mouth you confess and with the heart you believe. And so he's taking that same heart that's wicked and causing us to believe with it. And so when you believe with it, you, you expel doubt. And you say, I know that I am a sinner, but Jesus saved me by grace. How many tonight all over this place would be honest with God? And say, Pastor, would you pray with me before I leave tonight? Because I don't want to leave here not saved. I don't want to leave here without knowing that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. If you're here, as the heads are bowed and eyes are closed, you could just say, would you pray for me? Just stick your hand up real quick. I want to pray for you all over this place. Just say, pray for me. That's me. I'm not saved tonight. But I want to be. Amen. I want to know. Amen. God bless you. God sees your heart. I want to know. I want to know. Maybe, you, maybe at one point in your life you said a sinner's prayer. You accepted Christ into your heart. But tonight you realize you're, you're, you're not where you need to be. You've backslidden. You've, you've gone back to your old ways. You've allowed things and situations to cause you to, to change. I'm going to get into that next week. Your heart can change. It can change for the good. It can change for the bad. 
Maybe you've allowed your heart to go back to its old ways. Tonight you want to rededicate your life to the Lord. Just say, that's me. Would you pray for me tonight? Just put your hand up and put it right back down. That's me. Amen. Honest hearts. Honest hearts. As we sing a song tonight, let's just take some time. Let's just find a place and and talk to the Lord. and, And as you come, think about that verse that says, As in water, face reflects face. So a man's heart reveals the man. Let God show you your heart tonight.